Welcome to our PME. This is Saratova Best. We are in the week of Parshas Nasa, and we want to talk about what's going on, going on on the streets according to Torah, because we know what's going on in the streets. But one of the issues is that we have two types of eyes. We have two types of vision. One kind of vision is you see the world as primary and Torah as secondary. And then there's the opposite. What does that mean? Um, just as an introduction, 1990, summer, before the Gulf War, one of the things that you saw in Chassidus, that actually the Rebbe spoke about, is this switch about what is reality. It's called in fancy Hebrew Russian, um, what does that mean? It means you have two things in front of your eyes. One is Torah, and the other one is what you see with your eyes, the world. Which one's the real reality? Which one's number one? And which one's number two? Really important. Because this, this uh, text, Happened this not until this test happened after you received the Torah the very first time. We know that Meshur Benu went up. We received the Torah. Then Meshur Benu went up to Har Sinai and Mount Sinai to fully receive the Torah. And he said, "I will be back in forty days." After forty days, we had the words of Torah from Meshur Benu saying, "I will be back in forty days." That was one reality. Then we had what we saw with our eyes. He wasn't there on the 40th day. That was the other reality. The question is which one we were going to trust. Which one is on the front burner for us and which one is on the back burner? At that point, we trusted what we saw with our eyes. We knew that our eyes of Torah, our eyes of holiness, saw together with our soul, our neshama, a different picture. But we were afraid to trust it because it's not as tangible. So the eyes of our soul, the eyes of Torah that we saw, said, wait a minute, Meishur Benu told us, gave us a picture, he left us with a, so to speak, a snapshot of a promise. It's almost like, you know, he, he gave us a promise and he said, here, you know, <laughs> Take a photo on your phone, guys, of me standing here promising you, and you know, take a video. It's almost like my sure baby said, "Okay, guys, who has a cat? Who has? A, okay, somebody pull out your phone. Take a video of me promising you that I will be back in forty days." Right? Yeah, on video. He didn't, but so to speak. So we had that. We had that video engraved in our soul. And we could watch it at any time if you know how to access the video in your soul. You could watch it at any time. And if we were to watch it, we would say, well, wait a minute, this is the reality. But then there was another video that we were watching, which was what was happening on the streets. And, and these two videos were competing for each other. It's kind of like you read a sikha, you read, you read Torah, and then you turn on the news. 
They're both visual. And you watch a video or you read something in the news. And they're both visual. So which visual do you choose to believe first as being the real reality? This has been the conflict for Jewish people all throughout history. And when the Rebbe said in 1990, just before the Gulf War started, because the Gulf War was going to usher in Shana Shemelech Mashiach Nidrabai, the year that, 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 we, that Mashiach stands on the roof of, rooftop of the base and he says, do not be afraid. And the Gulf War was the full embodiment of what, this was, ba- this was the Alkut Shemoni. And that same Yalkut Shimoni that, again, was being quoted at the same time, that said, Mashiach stands and tells us not to be afraid, that same Yalkut Shimoni said, the world is in chaos, and everybody's running around, what should we do, where, where should we go, and everybody's in terror, because it's very chaotic, etc., and it's very frightening, and then we are given a message from above, don't be afraid, everything that I've done, I've done for you. Anavim higez manzulasim. Humble ones, the time of your redemption has come. So this was cooking up and begin, and this, this is the message, this Yalukat Shemoni, we all know is what the Rebbe was starting to say to us and would say, quote to us many, many, many times over that year. It began in the summer of 1990. So this Rosh Chaydish Elul of 1990, Tav very powerful statement in which Lubavitcher Rebbe says, speaks about the concept of switching over fully now to believing what Tyra tells you first before you believe what your eyes see. But we were going to see a lot of, we were, we were going to see a lot of scary things. And if we fell into what our eyes were going to see, we would be lost. The world was a scary place and there was a lot of chaos. Just like now. There's not the same degree of chaos now, but we now again are thrust into a situation where the world became scary. So, this idea of Torah B'Pshitas Torah Torah is the literal truth. And the world is a superimposed truth. Secondary. And by the way, because we messed up, because we made the mistake, and we trusted our eyes on the 40th day after the giving of the Torah, remember, we're standing right now, the same thing, not on the 40th day of the giving of the Torah, but we're standing in the same situation of after the giving of the Torah, after Shavuot, and we're living through it again. And the the cheta ego, the sin of the golden calf, which is something we've been trying to rectify for all these years, came as a, as a result of trusting the wrong video. <laughs> the video of, so to speak, of Maishir Benu saying, I promise you I'll be back in 40 days. We put, we put it on the back burner. And instead, we trusted the video of what we were seeing in front of our eyes. So, oops, I wonder if um, the sound quality is good on this. So, 
So this is a powerful concept. And again, because we made the mistake and trusted the wrong video when on the 40th day after receiving the Torah, 40th day after Shavuos. We're only on the, what is it, third or fourth or fifth day after Shavuos. Because we made the mistake, we were really wrong. We made the mistake. We, Of course it's easier to trust what's in front of your eyes. It takes an enormous amount of training to trust the promise the Torah gives you when it's not as vivid a video. Of course, what we want to do is make it vivid, make the colors and the shapes and the visibility of the promise of Torah that video. We want to make it as strong as possible through our learning of Torah and taking that Torah and engraving it in ourselves and in our lives and bringing it into everyday life, it gives that video of Torah, that that picture of Torah and the words of Torah, a power that we need to work on making the colors of that the of what Torah says more vivid and more powerful and more real for us. Because we all know when we're learning that it's real. But there's something about, I'm sorry to use the word, the seduction of the physical world that makes us believe in lies. So, and one other thing to say in introduction to this, because this is exactly what the Parsha, Parsha's Nuf is speaking about. Um, one, one of the things that's going on is, why is there chaos in the streets? Because people... Okay, we understand that not everybody, there's a whole group of just rabble-rousers who just are bored. We understand that. But there are a lot of sincere people who feel that they're creating a revolution in the name of justice. They want justice and truth. And there are a lot of people who actually believe, they feel that they want justice and truth. Not everybody's just there to make trouble. It's just it's an ugly way to pursue justice and truth. It's not the Jewish way to make to pursue justice and truth. But behind everything is the world expressing that it wants justice and truth. However, it's in a chaotic way. So, of course, then, if we see chaos in the world, the first tip is we need to create chaos in Torah. What does chaos in Torah look like? So, Sorry. So we could say chaos in Torah. Um, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai already beat us to it. Chaos in Torah does not mean a, a bad chaos. It's a higher level of Tyra that's so beyond what makes sense to you. It's a level of Pella in Torah, or as we've been learning the past week or two, the level of Torah Chadasha. The deeper level of Torah that from a very practical perspective seems a little bit, it's very above the world and it doesn't necessarily fit into your everyday understanding of what you thought Torah was because it's a much deeper level of Torah and it can create some feeling of chaos in the brain, you know, wait a minute. I know what the Parshish says. This is a little bit too lofty for me. 
That's a healthy chaos. One of the things we do when we're learning things is that, you know, um, right now I'm looking at a fence and leaves are coming through the, the fence. So I know the biology of leaves. But people always say, you know, they said, I, I, I once stored all my biology books in somebody's basement and then they finally threw them out. And I probably have my old biology books somewhere in my garage and they're probably useless because chaos, a good chaos, was created in the field of biology. The old biology is pretty much antiquated. The new biology, epigenetics, is based on an entirely different premise. If I start to understand the new biology, and it's very, it's, it's rooted in truth, but it creates some level of chaos in my brain when I'm giving up the old biology to now study epigenetics. Epigenetics is a, it, it's, it's a correct science. It just took it, 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 it was, it's a late bloomer. It came out later on in history. The classical biology, classical biology talks about you have a proton, you have a cell, a bunch of cells in you, and they have protons and neutrons and electrons, and they're these little particles, and they, and you can study them, and they move this way and that way. And epigenetics says, no, there's, it says other things. It's not a, so it's not a, a class for epigenetics. It creates some chaos in the brain to move up to understanding the higher understanding of biology. Okay, so what does this have to do with anything? In Parshas Nasa, it's the it's what's brought out is that it's the highest, the real completion of Matan Torah, whatever we receive at the Torah on Shavuos. It's fully, it comes to its fullest expression on Shabbos Parshish Nasa. That's when it comes to its fullest expression. So it's like we have a whole week to really step into it and understand it and, and step it up to that level. So about what's happening on the street, we're going to look into this. It's a, it's a little bit of a, not pleasant responsibilities. To, well, I'm sorry, you're saying, so the point is what we want to do is step into believing what Torah says and holding that in our mind's eyes when we see the news. And we hope that we can fix the mistake that we made when Moshe Rabbeinu came down after 40 days and we had already chosen the wrong option, believing what we saw with our eyes. It was a few hours different. Believing what we saw with our eyes, that mistake cost us a lot. We ended up having Mechet Egel, the worshipping the golden calf. That mistake of trusting the wrong video cost us a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Looks like I have to move. Okay, so with this in mind, this idea of the need to switch our vision from what we see with our eyes, what do we see on the news or what do we see in Torah? And again, when the Rebbe was saying, let's switch from back burner to front burner. Make 
step into that place in yourself in which what you see in Torah becomes more true for you than what you see with your eyes. Again, not as a technique, God forbid, because if it were a technique, then you can't, you can't use such a technique. It's either true or not. In other words, everybody, everyone who learns Torah knows that Torah is true, but how much can you hold onto it with, when the seduction of the picture of the world comes to attack? That's the question. And therefore, that Yalka Shimoni, which said, which quoted the idea that people in the world will be running around crazy, there will be chaos, no one will understand what's going on, everybody will be afraid, and we will be told, don't worry. Everything I've done, I've done for you, the time of your redemption has come. So now, the time of your redemption has come means there's stuff to do. Not just, okay, great, that's so great, I don't have to worry, okay, I can go back to my lawn chair. But if the time of redemption has come, now your work airs begins. So it's, you know, it's a big, it's a big responsibility. But we need to know what is truth and what is not. Okay. So when it comes to Parshish Nasa, um, here in the Sikha of Yud Beis Sivan, it's saying the following. Um, it's all about Chiddush. This whole week, is about Chiddush. At Matan Torah, a Chiddush happened. A new, a new level of Torah, a new revelation. There's a Chiddush in us. There's a Chiddush in Hashem. There's a Chiddush in Taira. So all of these things, all of these things happen. Okay. So we understand. We are in a moment of Chiddush. And the true Chiddush of Matan Torah that happened at Shavuot the Chiddush in the Taira, it's a Chiddush in the one who gives the Taira, it's a Chiddush in the one who receives the Taira, all of this, and that Chiddush really gets its elevation on the Shabbat after Shavuos. It really comes to its, its fruition. But we're talking about what is going on in the world. So here in the Sicha, in Aleph, it's saying, from this we understand the time of Matan Taira and the Yemei Shlumi. These, these days, they're very holy days until the 12th of Sivan. Until the end of Parshas Nasa, there has to be, with every single year, Hitzchatshus Vahisafa. These are days of Chiddush, as we said. Renewal, and not renewal, renewal. The one who gives the Torah, the one who receives the Torah, the Torah itself. It lasts all the way up until the end of Parshas Nasa. And it demands of us that we step into a new person, be a new a new reality. Addition and renewal. In all things of Torah Mitzvah, in all the things through which that the world stands on, Torah Avaidah, Gemilah And when we do, we create create a new world. A new t- Hashem looks into Torah. And from Torah, He creates a world. If he's looking into a new Tyra, he creates a new world. So, and now I'm getting to the point that I spent all this time getting ready for. What's happening on the streets? So it says, Magic Thief, it's in the Gemara, um, uh, sorry, I think in, in I think Gemara Shabbos. Mad, yeah, um, it's talking about Chazal say 
the Eretz Yerevashketa, um, a world, a land that's in chaotic and calm. That it's trembling and it's calm. Betchila Yerea, so there's Levesov Shketa. It's also in Tehillim. But, but the explanation means, how can you have a land that's trembling and calm? You ever, you ever see somebody who's trembling and calm? You don't, tre- you don't, you're not calm when you're trembling and you're not trembling when you're calm. So which one is it? So it says, Betchila Yerea, Levesov Shketa. The Gemara says, at the beginning it was trembling and then at the end it was calm. Meaning what? Hashem made a condition with the world when he was creating it. If, if the, the Yidin, the Jewish people, Yisrael, receive the Torah, then you, the creations, will have, will, will be sustained, will continue, will exist. Because really what's brought out in Chetzidus is that all of creation, when it was cre- when it was created, and an example of that was the the Red Sea, the Yamsuk, the split. When these things were created, they were told, "You sort of are being created with a learner's permit. You're sort of being created in a situation that your existence isn't really that stable until the time of the, until Matantara comes." 2448, 2448 years later. And when that happens, if, if the Yidden accept the Torah, then you, all the creations of the world, will have Kiyom. You will finally, firmly exist. Be there, firmly. Stand in your full, you know, you will be there as a world. All you creations in the world, the billions of creations, I'm just telling you guys, Hashem is saying as he's creating them, you're kind of there, you're, you're here temporarily until the moment of Matan Torah. When Matan Torah comes along, if they accept the Torah, then you, all the creations, exist firmly. And the implication is, and it's brought in other places, and if not, you go back to nothingness, you go back to chaos. The world goes back to Tayo the world before, at the beginning of creation, before there was a world, right? In the beginning, God created the, the heavens and the earth, and the, it was It was chaos. And then Hashem said, then God said, let there be light. And then God said, let there be this. And piece by piece by piece, in the seven, six days of creation, He created a world. Before He created a world, there was chaos. We can relate to the word chaos. This is the original situation before the world was created. Out of the chaos, Hashem created a world. Very, very exactly how he did things and what he wanted. And this same world that was created, every single piece of the world had to sign on the dotted line for this same job um, description. You want the job? Hey, you're an elephant. You want the job? Sign here. Okay, what am I signing to? And you're signing to that you're not really fully going to be in existence until Matan Torah. If the Jews accept the Torah, you're fully in existence. If not, everything goes back to chaos.
So, okay. So here's the part that has to do with today, and it's a little bit of a chutzpah to say it, so I'm a little uncomfortable about saying it. I'll say it in a question form. Isn't that strange? The, let's go back two and a half months. The, the whole pandemic, which was very tragic, and at the same time, very holy, as we've been saying for weeks, very holy. And many people in the world, many part, many people from the non-Jewish world acknowledge that this was an incredibly special time, unbelievable time, where everybody went into their private domain and they felt. We understand private domain means the place where you can be in a private relationship with God, and many people felt it even though it wasn't simple, and people felt that the world has upgraded, many people, as we've said a hundred times, Hashem pulled the plug on the world, everything went quiet, Shkata, everything went quiet for two and a half months. People even marveled, it's unbelievable, no looting, no crime, very little crime, unbelievable. The world went through this quiet period. It went from relative Urea, which was all the past number of years. The world was getting crazier and crazier and crazier and faster and faster and faster all these years until, boom, Hashem pulled the plug on the world. It began here in New York on Purim, the Nahapichu. Everything's turned upside down. Spiritually, everything's turned upside down. You can't make a revolution unless you turn everything upside down. And we kept saying all these weeks that it would come to its conclusion of this phase at the time of Matan Torah, Shavuot. And on the dot, it did. And in the middle was Lagba'emer, where Rabbi Shimon Bayerchai said, I can take the whole world out of the darkness, of Din, and you can count on me in a moment of shatad um, a very difficult moment. And we know that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai introduced deep mystical energy, deeply mystical, tr- deep mystical truth into the fabric of the world that had been shut down this Lagba Aimer. We know that. And it was... It, from Purim to Lagbaimer is nine weeks. Nine is the number of truth. From Purim to Shavuos is 11 weeks. 11 is the, the number that represents Torah. Torah is in 10, 10 commandments, but the 11th commandment is, is, is Torah a Torah of 10 or 11? It's both. It's called Antuchad Velobachushban. Meaning the the ten energy of Torah is all the rules, what you're told to do, and what you're told not to do, and the eleven energy of Torah is about the essence of the Torah, the essence of God, the essence of you yourself, the essence of truth. It's a much deeper energy. It's not the details, but it's the essence of things. That is denoted by the number eleven. So for us here in New York, it went for 11 weeks. 
world is turned upside down, plug is pulled, boom, Shavuot, 11 weeks. Isn't that interesting that we came to such a place of world peace in a way, except that all the horrific medical issues, the hor- you know, the horrific, horrific, unspeakable losses. And at the same time, the world is is metamorphosizing into a whole new world that's much more peaceful. And then comes Matan Torah. And here it goes into effect. Hashem says, hey guys, remember the contract? Everybody pull out your contract now. It's about to happen. Elephants and and trees and sidewalks and flowers and cars and buses and Pull out your contract. You're the creations of the world, remember? And I got you to sign a contract, remember? Yeah. And what did I tell you? Uh, you told us that we don't have a really permanent existence. We're waiting to see if the Jewish people accept the Torah. Okay. And in this case, I would say we're, we're beyond if the Yidden accept the Torah. If the whole world, because now our job is to bring out Sheva Mitzvah, to the entire world. So it's now a question of, does the entire world accept the Torah? Is the world accepting the Torah or not? If they do, the world has an existence. You, you, you give up your learner, you know, you give up your green card, you get a real citizenship. I remember that day when I, I like that green card so much. They take it away. That's it. Gone. You give up your green card and now you have a real citizenship. You are here permanently. Matim Torah is the day when the world gives up its green card, all the creation. Otherwise, go into chaos. Is that not strange? But the day after Shavuos, when we receive the Torah, when the whole world receives the Torah, the next day the world goes into chaos? Roger did. It's so crazy. So if we reverse engineer, the question comes up, was the world, we're no longer saying us, them, was the world's acceptance of Torah sufficient to do the job? Or is a higher and deeper level of integration being demanded of the world. Why are we asking this question? <laughs> Just look at the equation. Just look at the facts. So funny. It's not that the world suddenly erupted into chaos. It, it erupted into chaos any old time. The day after the giving of the Torah, Friday we received the Torah, boom, the next day, chaos. And you see, in a sense, what is the what is the chaos about for the people who are sincere on the street? There are many people who are sincere, and there are many people who are not sincere. But for the people who are sincere, and believe they have a sincere argument, they're standing up for, um, they're creating a demand for Shev and Mrs. Benayah. Torah. They're saying there has, one of the Shev and Mrs. Benayah is established courts of justice. Meaning, there needs to be justice, courts of justice, to establish justice. 
justice. And they're saying, well, we don't feel that we live in a country or a world where there's justice. And we want one of the seven mitzvahs for the whole, for all the nations of the world to be fulfilled. We want justice. Very interesting. So really, the world itself is imploding and saying, we want to live the mitzvahs of the Torah, whether we're Jewish or not Jewish. We want the mitzvahs of the Torah to run the world. We want justice. We don't want decisions made because of other reasons that are not good for people. We don't want unjust decisions being made because it's maybe money in somebody's pocket or something like that. We want the world run on justice. Kind of smacks of the 60s. So, what do we do? That's, that's very intense. So, first of all, we go back to the Alka Shimoni. Don't be afraid. Although, how do you say that to somebody who, God forbid, had their store looted? You know, it's very easy for us to say, don't be afraid. Well, they may not be afraid, but they could be upset. And it's, what are we going to tell them? Don't be upset. God forbid. There is no excuse for innocent, good people to go through suffering in this move of the world toward justice. On the other hand, we need to see the bigger picture or else it's because if we don't, we will descend into fear. Did that ever happen before in history? Yeah, the very first time the Torah was given. How many times was the Torah given since then? Wait, three, 3,000 and some, I forget the number. 3,000 and some years. How many years is it from 2448 to, um, what are we now? 5780. Okay, I don't have a calculator with me. Probably some really significant number. Whatever the number of years are, all those every single time, Matan Torah happens again, but a higher way. And again, but a higher way. And again, but a higher way. And again, but a higher way. This year seems to be crucial. It's 5780. Everything about, <laughs> what did Rabbi Wolf say? He said he got a little meme from somebody that said, the worst investment anybody could have made this year would be to spend money on a 2020 daily planner. You know, a little calendar where you write in your appointments and your plans for, you know, what you're going to do next week and the following week and the following month. (laughs) It's a joke. Nobody can make plans anymore. A daily planner means you plan your year out. In the world of business, they, they plan their year. Can't plan your year this year. In the year 2020, which 2020, right? Vision, 2020 vision, uh, hindsight is 2020. Which means when you look back on 2020, then you, you have visibility into what was happening. That, oh my goodness. If hindsight is 2020, that means when you're in the middle of 2020, it is chaotic. And you have no visibility. 
accept. Yes, you don't have visibility. I'm going to say the accept in a minute. minute. If 2020 vision is hindsight, or however it goes, hindsight is vision is 2020, and you're in the eye of the storm and you have no idea what's going on and you can't see clearly, well, right. Now let's go back to what the Rebbe said, 1990. How many years is it from 1990 to 2020? 30 years? The Rebbe said, don't use that vision. That vision with your eyes, it will never be your friend. It will never help you. It will never give you clarity. It has been created since the beginning of time to deceive you. If you're relying on the vision of your eyes, you will be lost. That kind of vision, 2020 vision, hindsight, you look back and you have clarity, but in the middle of it, you don't. Because you're using the wrong kind of vision. There is a kind of vision which, while you're in the middle of it, it's clear. That's the Torah vision. Gives you a completely different picture. That's the vision the Rebbe implored, begged, asked us, demanded of us to switch to 30 years ago, before the chaos started, as the chaos was was starting to emerge in the world, the Gulf War and all of that, and all of the changes. That's when the Rebbe said, switch vision now. Your own glasses are not going to work. And they'll work, they'll get, they'll work less and less and less as you go along. It's, it's, it's crucial to go into this whole thing with switching to the other kind of vision. You know, when you go to the eye doctor, you know, you sit in front of the machine and he shows you different, different letters and he says, and he wants to decide which lens to give you. So he says, which one's better, one or A or B? C. Okay, now which one's better, B or C? C. Which one's better, C? And he keeps switching. This one's better, that one's better. This one's better, that one's better. And he keeps asking you all these questions. There's only one way. The old way, the old way of everyday vision is almost useless now. It's like we were given a pair of glasses by the world that you might as well, don't even save them when you're cleaning out your closet. Just throw them in the garbage. They are useless. They probably they will never work again. The 2020 vision of the worldly vision will never work again until the world has become so transformed it will, it will parallel the world vision one day in Mashiach time will parallel the Torah vision. In the meantime, you might as well throw those glasses out. They're just going to mess you up. They messed us up the first time when Maishur Bainu told us, I will be back in 40 days. They messed us up. It created a disaster. And those same glasses mess us up every time. The only proper vision that that gives us any visibility, true visibility, is the Torah vision. And interestingly, the chaos on the streets, which is not good stuff, it's not, 
But even the message behind the chaos in the street is begging for the same thing. We want truth, the vision of truth, to run the world. Okay, what they mean by truth, everybody means a different truth. Torah has a definition of truth, and it does not change. And that's what we were learning last week, and hopefully tomorrow we'll complete, God willing, Torah Chodesh The truth of Torah is eternal. Can you have additions, subtractions, changes? Not really, no. But all of that, all the future, all the past and all the future and all the infinite years and infinite truths that will be revealed in the future, they're all embedded in this, in, in Torah. Torah is the place where infinite truth has, will, and is embedded forever. It's the place where all truth is there. And truth, truth is nine. We said from Purim to, to Lagoyim was nine. And from Purim to Shavuot is 11. The essence of Torah, the essence of truth. So, to sum it up, when we're looking into the world and we're saying, oh my goodness, what's going on? Let's look at it through this Torah vision to understand it's an insane coincidence that such a nice, quiet world where so many beautiful changes were happening for two and a half months suddenly became chaotic. You want to say, okay, people couldn't stay home anymore, fine. But suddenly, overnight, just after the Torah was given, that's a big, it's not a coincidence. If the world, the world is being asked, the world was asked on Friday to receive the Torah and accept it. And they did and we did. But we have the potential to take it even deeper. And it looks like when we take it deeper, the chaos will c- calm down. We didn't go back to chaos. We went forward to a relative chaos, relative to where the world needs to be. From Since this Shavuot, it seems chaotic. When it says, Eretz Yerei it begins shaking and shuddering and trembling, and then it ends off shkata. So this week, as is brought out in the Sikha, Parshas Nasa, this entire week is a week to really take the, the Torah that, every, that the world received this Friday, this past Friday, and make it real, bring it deeply within, take it, take it into the streets. The Torah is being, has been taken into the streets, streets. And the chaos that we see is an expression of these principles are bursting open. The veggie cap is bursting open and people are saying, we want justice. It's being tested through in the streets. And our job is to powerfully choose the right vision, the Torah vision of everything we see. And this Shabbos, Parshas Nasa, as is brought in the Sikha, represents, it's the highest hour of Matan Torah. Everything that happened in the Matan Torah, the Chiddush, the stepping into an entirely new place, 
an entirely new place in the giver of the Torah, the receiver of the Torah, the Torah itself, demanding a chiddush in us. As it says, There has to be a hischachas, a newel, a brand new space, and in addition, in everything of Torah mitzvahs, on the part of everybody, on the part of the whole world, making it real. The Chiddush is, as is brought out in the Sicha, HaShemayim HaChadashim Ba'arit Chadash Asher Ani The new heaven and the new earth that I make. The Chiddush is recognizing I, Hashem, am creating this world at every single moment. I'm inside this world. It's not just a world and, by the way, I mean, oh yeah, think about God once in a while. Part of the Chiddush is understanding that Hashem is saying, I want you to see me inside the world. I want you to upgrade to, the, I want the whole world to upgrade to that point where it sees me inside of every leaf, every situation, every car, every newscast, everything. Every single newscast, every single video, see me in it. And the Isa, I'm the one who made the video. I'm the one who made the car. I'm the one who made this. I, Hashem. That's, that's part of the upgrade, the Chiddush, that, that Hashem is asking of us. And it comes to its highest peak at the end of this Shabbos. When it, it, it comes to its, its fullness. So we really have the entire week <clears throat> to take what we receive from the Torah and, and ground it and make it real. And surely it will then create a situation of peace. Begins in trembling, and it ends in peace. And one last concept, one last little point, that the Torah tells us. The world depends on Torah. Hashem looks into the Torah, and he creates the world. And therefore, the world right now, the world was great last week, not too good this week. It wasn't great because we had people suffering. But it was quiet. Not quiet anymore. So what do we need to do? Hashem looks into the Torah <clears throat> and he creates a world. Therefore, as it says, There has to be a newness, an upgrading to a new, deeper level of Torah. And what happens? That means on our part. The deeper new level of Torah comes, Hashem is watching us. So there has to be a chachis in Torah. And through this is a renewal, a renewal in the creation. So the world as we see it now depends every moment on how's the world going to come out looking? And what kind of world is going to be created at any, any given moment depends on what level of Torah is being learned. If it's an upgraded level of Torah, it will be an upgraded world. The next upgrade looks to be in the world to go to a place of peace, not chaos. And to go, for the world to go to a place of peace means it needs an upgrade which means there needs to be an upgrade in Torah. <clears throat> and we feel like, wait, we just received the Torah on Friday and we had an upgrade. 
And yet from that upgrade come all the mini and micro upgrades that of actual life. It's one thing to stand there and hear the Asarasadivas and hear the Ten Commandments and to receive the Torah. The whole thing takes five, takes five minutes. It's one thing to stand in that five-minute space and fully receive it. And then it's another thing to take it and take that upgrade into life and say, wow, what does this stuff really mean? <clears throat> the upgrade is, we'll see at the end of the Sifa this week, a, a different piece of the upgrade, but the main upgrade is Chiddush, stepping into a brand new space, a brand new space in which I recognize the new heaven and the new earth that I, Hashem, create. The recognition that I, Hashem, am in everything, create, not only in everything, everything you're seeing is about to end, and then there's going to be a new one, and that's going to end, and there's going to be a new one. The world is, every single second, being, recru- being created again. Brand new world, brand new world, brand new world, brand new world, brand new world which means that at any second, every se- if it's a brand new world, a minute ago it was chaotic, the next moment it can be a peaceful world, plus plus. And that's in our hands and in the hands of all the people in the world. Everybody today has the obligation, has the connection to Torah, whether you have 613 mitzvahs or seven mitzvahs. Everybody is someone who their life is has been created to be guided by the vis- the vision of Torah. To throw out the old glasses and have the 2020 vision, the real vision, the vision of Torah, of Hashem being Enod Novade. In, in every aspect of the world, creating it at every second. So may it be that we should step into that reality, throw out the old glasses, step up, get the new glasses, the Torah glasses, the Torah vision, and experience this week before before Shabbos the ultimate peace of the world in the Gulamita Sashwina.